Hey guys, it's me, P. And me, S. And you're listening to the Girl on Girl podcast. But it's not what you think. But also, it's kind of what you think. Okay, here's the deal. My name is Persis. I'm queer, Indian, femme, and a little over five feet tall. And my name is Sarah. I'm straight, white, cis, and a proud ginger. Every episode, we're going to talk about sexuality from a queer perspective, from a straight perspective, and what it means to find the fluidity between the two. We're going to talk about taboos, labels, dating, awkward moments, pop culture icons. We're also going to talk safe sex, self-discovery, discrimination, and what it means to be a queer minority. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Um, <laughs> I have something really exciting to announce. When <laughs> when I came on to this recording with Persis, I was singing to myself, Lost by Frank Ocean. If anyone doesn't know that song, Purse, just drop a little clip right here. Now you're lost, lost in the heat of it all. And then Purse looked like she just saw a ghost because why Purse? Because I was just listening to Lost by Frank Ocean in my apartment. Right before you went on the recording. Yep. Same. I had it like pot, like I, guys, I have it up in front of me right now, paused on my Spotify. No. Sorry. Oh, am I boring you? Yeah. Just a Mm. big old yawn. Yeah, I was telling Sarah, Pyramids had just been playing. Then I got lost because I've been listening to Channel Orange, like all Orange, <laughs> Channel Orange all evening. And that creeped me out because I was like, am I tripping? Because Sarah just came onto the Zoom and she's like, now you're lost, lost in the of it all. And I was like, what? Honestly, that is when that shit happens, like, sure, it's coincidence, but is it coincidence? Like, come on, of all the songs in the whole world that you and I could have been listening to in the moments, the seconds before we signed on to this recording, of all the songs, we're listening to the exact same song. Like, that doesn't happen, but it does happen, but it doesn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're just aligned. Persis. Sarah. We have an awesome guest on today. I know. I'm so excited. It was such a sweet, sweet little conversation. A little conversation. Yeah, it was the sweetest conversation. And we actually um, broke this person's podcast virginity. So that's, you know, always an exciting moment for us. Oh, yeah. I was nervous to be taking taking his podcast virginity for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a a nerve-wracking situation. But I think that you handled it with a lot of grace. And so did he. Yeah, and so did you, the three of us. Thank you so much, the three of us together. Guys, today we are talking to an incredible queer actor named Travis Nelson. Travis is actually someone who has been in my life for about four or five years because he is one of my sister's very best friends. So I've known about Travis. I've watched him perform and been so impressed by his talent and just how he shows up in general in his regular life as a as a human being. And 
it's super exciting because he is in a brand new show on Amazon Prime that just released, guys. It's available to watch on Amazon Prime right now. It's called The Lake. It stars the one and only Julia Stiles. What I'm really excited about with this show, and Travis does get into this in the interview, is that Travis is playing a queer character. And it's like a story about queer love that you'll get to see develop. And what I'm most excited about is that I feel like it won't be surrounding like the hardships and the struggles of maybe a lot of queer people have faced. I think this is like a refreshing take of stories that we do need to see. So I'm excited. And on such a prominent platform like Amazon, like Um, It's about to have time, baby. And we talked to Travis a lot on this episode about perception and queer stereotypes and like what it means to look or talk or act queer, which is something that you guys know we love to talk about on the pod. Um, And Persis has dealt with a lot throughout her life. So um, Travis is, you know, a more cis presenting Um, queer man he gets to play a queer character in this show the lake that really resonates with him and feels authentic to him and now he shows up in the world Um, and that's really awesome and exciting because we want all the queer representation in our tv and in our films we want to see it all because it's all a reflection of reality yeah it's this is real life baby this is happening also i really loved hearing about travis's coming out story being in Alberta, then moving to Sydney and kind of like discovering himself in Sydney, Australia. But yeah, you guys will hear it all. And it was just a very heartwarming conversation. And Travis, you're so easy to talk to, such a nice energy. I wonder what Travis's sign is. Do you know? Oh, I don't know. But he has a little bit of a softer energy. Yeah. Very soft and soothing. What's your guess for his sign? Maybe a cancer. You think cancer? Okay. Maybe. I I feel like he might be an Aquarius. Oh, well, Travis, let us know which one of us is right. And whoever's right, you need to take them out to dinner. Yeah, take us out to dinner. Only one of us will prevail. Guys, go watch The Lake on Amazon Prime right now. It's available to watch the entire first season. We are so excited for y'all to see it and for you to hear this conversation with Travis Nelson. That's it. I'm really excited, guys. I, I've i been working for my friend, Rolling Cookie Dough, for like six hours a day. So I, I power through podcasts. I like... Wait, what? Can you... Sorry, can you just elaborate a little bit on that? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> Cookie Dough. Um, yeah, my, my two friends uh, at the start of COVID, um, they started baking cookies and just selling it to like friends. And their goal was they wanted to like fundraise and give back to some COVID charities. And then it just like took off. And then and so it was just in the first kind of like summer fall of COVID before I kind of was in between work and and they needed help and I needed the money and it was like let's roll cookie dough so whenever I'm back in town and I like need some funds or just to help out so let's be honest like need money I'll like like let me roll some cookie dough yeah wait can you give them a shout out oh yeah absolutely oh my god so courage cookies courage cookies at stacked market um, and then another location on Dundas, just past Dufferin. Um, okay. So they have two locations now. Two locations. They're in Nordstrom's. They just expand, expanded to Nordstrom's in Yorkville. Um, a great, great company, like two best friends, grassroots, donating to charities. Shout That's out. so dope. Shout out Courage Cookies. I'm going to get a Courage Cookie when I come to, I'm coming to Toronto next week. I'm going to get a Courage Cookie. 
I yes. Let's. I'll meet you there. I'll meet you there. Can you? Can I get only the ones that you rolled? Though? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll <laughs> put them aside. Um. Okay. Travis, we're so happy you're excited, but really like we are so excited and so grateful that you agreed to chat with us for a little bit because like we said when we reached out to you, you have been on our, we have like a wish list of guests we want to talk to and you have been on this list like since day one, but we knew that you had a big project coming out. And the reason why we knew this was because for the listeners, I actually know Travis. He's one of my sister's best friends. So I've known you for... For a while now, like four, four, like three to four years. I, yeah. I really, since since I've known Allie, is you're, I'm allowed to say you're, you're yeah, who Allie is. Okay. Yeah. Shout yeah, out to Allie. Allie. Shout yeah. out to Allie. Yeah, listeners, you know Allie. Come on, it's Allie. She's like a star. The she's star. A superstar. She's the she's star. The, she's the star of my. She's star my north person. star. <laughs> Honestly, same. She, she doesn't even know it, but she is. <laughs> because I knew, I know you already. I knew there was this big thing happening, and we were like, you know what? We feel like the perfect time to talk to Travis is when he can like promote um, this big, exciting thing, and also our listeners can like go actually watch it. You know what I mean? Like you it's guys a- timed it so well, and it's I'm I'm just I'm so thankful. You know, like I I I would not I'm not. I'm not like the star of the project, but I'm in the project. So, you know, I don't really have the promoting um, team behind me, but anything I can do to get people to click on the show, and especially in today's vast um, universe of, of content. So yeah, thank you yeah. for having me. I'm, no, we're I'm so grateful. Here. We're so grateful. We're so excited. And let's just like start off from the top for any listeners who don't know Travis Nelson, the one and only um tell us just a little bit like give us like a little intro and what are your pronouns and how do you identify yeah um my pronouns are um he him i identify as queer i i'm a little bio i'm originally from alberta (laughs) i'm from a small town alberta southwest of calgary called turner valley beautiful little beautiful little town what's that represent represent yep good old tv um and that's yeah I, I i grew up there and i moved to vancouver when i was 18 to pursue my goal of acting i started acting when i was in grade 12 that's when i got a, an agent and i i kind of my mom would drive me into calgary and i would uh audition for you know small little parts in the start and then yeah i moved to vancouver when i was 18. Mm-hmm. i lived in vancouver for seven years and in that time i, I also lived in sydney uh, my dad's Australian. Oh, nice. And I, uh, I have my Australian passport, so it was really easy to jump back and forth. So I cool. I had a goal to audition for the, um, this theater school in Sydney called NIDA. So I, I went back and forth between like 2020 and 2023. Audition, didn't get in, but just kept going back, lived with my cousin. And I, well, I'm sure we can get into this later, but like kind of Sydney was my kind of like my coming out city. So is Vancouver, but, but Sydney was really like, I'm removed from home. This is where I can be also like the boys in Sydney and the clubs. And it was just yeah, <laughs> then, then somewhat sleepy Vancouver. So, right, right. um, yeah. So then I was in, I was in Vancouver. I then, I, I guess I came, I, yeah, until 2016 and I moved to Toronto and I've been here ever since and, and working on, my career and and that's kind of the short 
kind of that's your life story version. that is that's yeah. your memoir that's my memoir yeah <laughs> okay so you said australia sydney was your kind of coming out moment your moment to shine do you remember the first moment you realized that you might be queer like even earlier in life was there like an aha moment for you was it more of like a gradual experience to that discovery no it was early it was it's tied into so many i mean things in that i guess you guys get really kind of deep and personal on on this podcast it's kind of like what you guys get into um oh yeah definitely early i've I've talked to other guys about this too but i was i was i was like a with my one close male friend i was definitely an instigator into being like hey let's like let's experiment let's like kind of just what is that like you know let's play doctor and and like you know (laughs) innocent things doctor oh i should have done that yeah take notes maybe that wasn't like my maybe that was my 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 way in but i but it was harmless it was just i remember feeling sexually kind of explorative you know or kind of curious at maybe seven or eight in a way that I don't I, I think isn't completely uncommon. And then and then around 13, I remember just aware that I was a had that I was different. And I, I grew up in, you know, I'm I'm in a small town Alberta of like twelve hundred people. I'm around a bunch of cowboys and rodeos. And you know, my dad's a very he's a sweetheart, but he's like an Australian cowboy, you know, so that masculine kind of father was definitely something that I had an interesting relationship with and I knew that quite early on yeah and then and then like I, I was like an early figure it out like grade eight grade eight I like I had this I had this this one guy um moved from the city into my small school uh-oh. I won't name names, obviously, but... Oh, Travis, we love to give code names on this pod. So if you'd like to give this person, like, a fun code name, go for the gold. You don't have to, but it's, like, okay, a girl okay. on girl state. Yeah. Let's call him Forrest. Forrest. Love Forrest. it. Great code name. Okay. I love it. So I, I would say, that, you know, that was impactful to me because Forrest was from the city. And uh, we... That was my first kind of sexual uh, exploration. I was 14. And that was, yeah, our own little secret for, and, and he, then he, he'd moved away, I think in grade 10, he went to a different high school. And then there was another buddy, excuse me, um, in my year. And so I, I, I definitely kind of were having these, these, these moments, but there was, you know, that's what they just were. They were like, there are moments they weren't ever talked about or, um, mm at all explored beyond just kind of these, yeah, moments. Again, so then, and that definitely builds a sense of- A sense of knowing. A sense of knowing, but also a sense of secrecy and a sense of- Oh yeah. Having some kind of protectiveness. And and I'll say, I I had that moment with with my best friend, which we'll call Buck. Buck is such a- Buck, good old Buck. Buck, we'll call him Buck. That's such a Alberta. Maybe I'm like projecting a fantasy. Um, Ooh, uh, a little cow. No, no, there. Buck did just so like a uh, kind of slightly porn star name, doesn't it? Um, it does. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we, 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 we call him Buck. Let's just call, let's call him Russell. Um, okay. okay. And I remember looking at Russell one time 
when he was sleeping over and and I remember just looking at him and being like, oh, like watching him sleep and be like, oh, I love you. Like, I want to be a better person for you. Like I, you know what I mean? And then that sense of, it was a sense of joy, but it was also a sense of great conflict. And I remember just feeling real torn up. And that was a sense of anguish through high school. But, but I knew it like before then, but that was like, oh no, this is, this is it. This is, this is, this is, this is, this is real. This is true. Yeah. What was, I'm just curious when you talk about like the anguish and the conflict happening inside, what, what do you feel that was? Did you feel that was society telling you being gay is not normal? Like, is it as simple as that? Or was there like more of a conflict? Did it involve your environment, your family? Like, Oh yeah. I mean, God, let's, we can unpack that, but yeah, for sure. I think. <laughs> Therapy I, session. I, yeah. 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 Um, no, look, I'll, I'll, without going too, too deep, but environment for sure I mean you have to kind of like I said Alberta and not that there's not like lovely people in Alberta and Alberta what kind of grew up is interesting I had like a there's the kind of farmer's market more like hippie neglected kind of sort and then there's your ranchers and your cowboys and then there's just like your commuters to the city there's like kind of like this mix but right um so there was that I also my family had shared like a trauma my older sister passed away um, in a car accident when she was 11 I was seven I was oh six God. and then my sister was eight. And so that, so that trauma definitely informed my emotional development and my sense of security and when, and, and how I related to people and how I felt safe to kind of express myself. I, and I think it definitely accelerated my maturity in, in, in early on. So right. that anguish was a part of knowing, or I, at the time I had felt this responsibility to, not add any more pain or any more air or any more sort of what I assumed would be kind of a, a sense of pressure or a, a something on my parents, you, oh, you know, or yeah. onto like onto just my environment. And so I saw no benefit into going beyond acknowledging it or kind of expressing myself differently or exploring right. even what, what that was. Like, I just kind of thought, well, no one seems to know. So I can live with this for until I'm, until I'm, you know, gone. And then, and then I'll, I'll unpack it then. Right. So that anguish was tied up just in, in all those emotions, which I'll be unpacking for the rest of my adult life. You know, like it's definitely a consistent, uh, present that I get to keep unwrapping. Yeah. (laughs) And discovering more. Absolutely. Absolutely a journey. Mm -hmm. Well, so that's the anguish part. Mm -hmm you described that you had so many moments and like in that moment with Russell, I think is like so telling, like I've definitely been there when you have something that clicks in you and you're like, wow, okay, this is real. And I love you. But Mm. I'm curious to know, um, did you have like an official coming out or if you're comfortable to tell us if you had like a coming out story or was it always like a gradual process? So to those to, to uh, never to, to Russell, never officially, never to, my coming out happened in Vancouver. A year into Vancouver, I had made this really close friend, and she was. Def- I think at a moment where it was like, "Does he like me? What's he doing? Like, he's cooking me a roast dinner on Sunday, but like, we're not making out. Like, what's the deal?" And mm. and so I remember just this sense of urgency, and I, and in fact, it's linked to. We were at this Christmas party, and this young, handsome 
dude came up and, and, and was introduced to me and I ended up chatting with him and I just fell in love with him. And in that moment, like I, it was, it wow. was almost as though that trauma with Russell, which had now been like kind of a year and a half since I'd left that environment. Um, it was like, boom. And instantly when I, when I just had that moment, I went, found her, took her aside into a separate room and sat her down and was like, you need to know this. I'm gay. Like wow. I, I just, I had to get it out. And it was, wow. it was definitely propelled by, um, that in that uh that person and then that person became their a uh, very significant person in the next chapter of my life in vancouver and so on whoa yeah okay that's kind of cool <laughs> yeah i mean cool in the <laughs> yeah cool that it, it it was a defining moment and uh, but to s- that relationship would be a lesson itself of loving people who were unavailable and giving my love to to um to a friendship that wasn't able to give it back the same way um right and that would be a theme going into the rest of my adult life and so yeah but that so yeah so that coming out was and i told that person too so that i i told the friends her that night and then i told him not long after and i definitely remember once i had done it I vocalized it. It was this feeling of, oh, okay, I'm I'm alive. Like I'm not okay. We're still here. Oh, I, I'm gonna like I, let me do that again. Like let me go. And I was like, I want to go. T- I'm gonna tell that friend because if I'm on, if I'm gonna start this friendship with, he needs to know. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Sydney and my cousin right away. I, I remember making like a decision too. Like I'm not going to want to meet someone big like, hi i'm travis i'm gay i'm just going to like if anyone asks this is who i am like i i kind of wanted to just feel what that felt like to and and for me that was also making friendships with females and then having to kind of set that boundary mm-hmm. and not feel like i would because i would get caught in these I mean, it still scares me to say it i'm not fully accepting of it i'm getting really close with you um we work together alcohol is involved like when am i going to lay the boundary and so but i would be then going to arc which is this like amazing club till like 10 a.m and having to fall so like um, (laughs) so like that that was kind of definitely my like just coming coming up and coming out if you get my meaning at these clubs you know it was great yeah did you feel like you had kind of like a blank slate there absolutely yeah 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 and especially because I was in theater school as well. Like I didn't get into the, the the conservatory, but I went to classes there to kind of prepare to get in or, or for my audition. And yeah, it, it just felt like a bigger city with like very just, yeah, it felt bigger. Like I kinda, it was kind of like New York. I don't know if you've ever been to Sydney, but compared to Vancouver, which is beautiful, but tiny in its core. Yeah. Sydney, isn't as big as Manhattan, but it just feels it has a bigger kind of weight to it. Um, and so I just felt safer there. I think a little more anonymity amongst all those people. Yeah. Yeah. I can that see seems that. to be a very, very common story. We've interviewed quite a few people who um, like grew up in a small town, especially Alberta kind of vibes. And as soon as they went to any sort of city atmosphere, it was just like that was the time for them to finally feel safe in some capacity. 
and maybe not to the full capacity, but at least like there's a sense of safety there when things get bigger, which is so interesting. hundred percent. And even, even like just the fear of walking on the street, not going, no one's going to know me here. You know, like, no, I'm not going to, there's no one, even like I was in Vancouver, but it was just that no one's going to know or walk by. And if they do, they've already known. So it's no big deal. Um, right. But then to continue that, I then would come back six months later to, to, um, to Vancouver and I was 20, 21. And I remember going to an acting coach, sorry, while in Sydney and coming out to him and being like, I feel like I'm gay and I'm having a really hard time to kind of access my emotions. And what's your opinion on that? And I kind of needed some guidance because I, I, I hadn't found any sort of like, um, like meant like, there's no one kind of guiding me, you know, or kind of an older or a queer crowd. I was still very transient jumping from my bar job to the theater. Like I, I, I didn't have a, yeah, and then yeah. when you're at a club, I mean, those is, yes, it's wonderful to be around all those queer people, but they're not your friends or, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a club. Totally. There it's to not like, like your, your people, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it, it feels like that right away. Cause you're like, Oh my God, here we all are. And then you realize you're like, well, no, I'm not, I can only learn so much from you while I'm, you know, sticking my tongue down your throat. So <laughs> you, kind of need to you, can learn, you can learn a little, you can learn a little. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I remember him give me some of the mixed advice. Actually, he was like, listen, anonymity as an actor is really important. So I, you know, I would choose who you tell and, and I, that did stick with me. And I think that, and that actor, that coach himself was, is queer. And he said he was too. He had a very palpable reservation of, of coming out professionally. And, but I knew that I needed to come out to my family. Like there was something emotionally, like I just wasn't, I couldn't step into myself fully until I came out to my, to my parents. Right. And that all happened separately. So I came home and I told my mom over, I, she was visiting me in Vancouver and I told her, over dinner. And then it wasn't until a year later, I told my dad and my sister in between there sometime. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, I could go into detail what that, what that was like. I don't, I don't know. But you sure. asked me, if you're comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, I, again, I always feel like I'm rambling. So, uh, and there's also, you guys are like popping my um, podcast chair here. I've never done like a, <gasps> I haven't been a guest on a podcast. We before. get so excited when we hear that. Which is it. Um, yeah, that's awesome. So exciting. Yeah. So, you know, I was, it was really interesting. I, I, I saw this post. I don't know if you guys have seen it going around. Have you, do you follow Homo Sapien on Instagram? I think I do. I don't think I do. It was, so there's this post and I believe she's a mom or she, I mean, she's saying she's like, when you're, it just resonated with me because I was thinking about, it came up and then I saw your guys' kind of prompts and kind of knowing I would kind of have to revisit this. And yeah. So she was saying, when your child comes out, don't tell them that you'll always love them. Like, she's like, of course you will. Like that's, you tell your kid, like, don't, don't say that you'll love them matter, no matter what. Like that's what you tell your kid when they've done something wrong. Like they cheated on a test or they, you know, like, you know, tell them that like the, the more you get that they get to know about you. And then the more that you get to share to the world that, that, that they're so excited mm. and don't tell them that you're scared for them in the world because mm. your fears should not be their fears. Like they'll grow their own fears. Don't put that weight on them. And I was, that just resonated with me. I was like, oh, that's so huge. No, we talk a lot on this pod about like 
how to respond when someone comes out to you because especially like from the straight perspective and the queer perspective and trying to like like mesh those two worlds together there there are so many wrong ways to respond to it without without even realizing it like you think you're saying the right thing and yeah it's like insinuating there's something wrong yeah and i will say though my and most of our parents and i i would say all of our parents are working with the tools that they have and so I, I would, I wasn't, and their emotional intelligence will be at different levels at different ages. And I, I, I'd not, there's no blame towards my mom. And that leads me to mom's, my mom's response. So my mom's response was lovely as in, she was like, well, you know, I like, I love you no matter what. And, and I just, and what was very sweet though, she was like, I want you to know, like, this is not like, this isn't all of you. Like there's other, this, I, I know this isn't just all of who you are. And like, there's, there's, there's so much more than just your sexuality. Mm-hmm. And that I will always remember to sure kind of like almost wanting to com- tell me that it was okay that like I'm not just that and mm-hmm. it's almost yeah. as though I think maybe she was me telling herself that you know I think I knew that but I think it was <laughs> yeah like yeah I know mom like yeah <laughs> like um, it's a part but, of you yeah 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 and so that was very sweet and and I and, and you know I said don't tell dad I want to tell dad and and that one was much more of a a workup. And she kept that for a year. Like she kept it for a year. We were wow. down um, in Mexico and we were staying at my grandparents and it was just us three. And I told her, I was like, I'm, I'll tell dad on this trip. I'll tell dad on this trip. And so it was coming to the last night. She was like, like, <laughs> like, she's like, honey, like, I love you, but like, I've been keeping this for a year. Like I got, you got to tell him. Mm-hmm. So I went down and, and my dad, my dad um, is a retired pilot. And oh, then I was going down and being like, dad, dad, dad. And I was like, you, and I was shaking. I was like, you know, you just got to know, like, I know like you're, you're, you know, a lot of gay flight attendants. And I was like, you know, and you say they're great guys, but you just want you to know, like, there's, there's, there's so many different types of queer people out there. And, and, and I, and I want you to know that like, you know, like, and I was just trying to explain to him that I, I without really knowing what I was trying to say, I was trying to say that I was gay. And he was just like, what are you getting at? I was just like, <laughs> I was like, I, I'm gay. <laughs> was he like, do you just really care? Like, are you, <laughs> he's an ally. He's such an ally. Yeah. No, I mean, he was reading the book and he just was like kind of waiting. Like he wasn't saying anything. And then I was like, okay. And I just want you to know that like, no, I think so actually. I remember going, I was like, I want you to know the only, it, the thing that's affected me the most is my confidence. And I, I, I just needed to tell you. And yeah. I went upstairs and I was like, mom, I'm going to throw up. And she's like, you're fine. It's like, relax. And then he came up maybe an hour later and was like, yeah, all right, well, you know, I have no questions and, uh, you know, I, I love you no matter what. And I was like, okay, okay, cool. And that was great. I think I, I was hoping for a conversation and I, and, yeah. I was, and, I, and, I, and I held out for a conversation for years. And to be honest, I'm still holding out for an actual conversation. And so right. that is... Yeah, the journey I'm at and then the journey where he's at, but it's just interesting. You're, you know, I I know that they are they have they're using the tools that they have. And and I and I yeah, it's tough. You know, it's like I, I have an expectation, but at the same time, the older you get, you realize you're like, you gotta lose your, you know, certain expectations of of how you hope people will will or should react when they're, you know, even if they're your parents, right. just you have to meet them where they're they're able. 
Yeah, I feel like it's like a mutual giving grace to each other. You like they have to give you grace by listening, by by showing love, and you also have to give them a little grace. I love the way you say it, like everyone has different tools in their toolbox that they can use at this current moment in time. And who knows where your dad's going to be at in five years, 10 years, right? Like that conversation could happen. It's just time is crucial. Yeah, yeah. So many factors. And we're working on it. And that I think that's, and I, I think persons you'll probably agree, agree to this too. Like you're always coming out, you know, they're like, I'm not every day. I'm every yeah. day. I'm not ever finished coming out, you know, and, and, and even I experienced that more professionally and, and, and every time it, it, I feel like it does tell me it's a gauge of where I'm at internally with, with myself to my own internalized homophobia, my own kind of, you know, like it's like, it's, and so yeah, obviously I kept coming out and, and still do to this day. And that's, that's the coming out story. Yeah, no. And, and it's going to be like a continuous one. Yeah. Isn't it? Like I, I've, I've, I've like a swain relationship with that or, you know, kind of, I haven't fully, or I, I still find myself a bit kind of like, Oh, is this the, is this the moment? Is this how I drop this? Is this the, and then I go, oh God, why am I even thinking about how to do it? Just say, just say, you know, your boyfriend or, or just say yeah. when I was right. dating this guy and, and I can almost have to accept that that voice of always feeling slightly self-aware, I think has to also do with an internalized like safety mechanism, you know, who's safe, who, where am I allowed this, you know, and I think that's a part of being queer and a part of just living in the world, you know, as much as I feel safe in Toronto as, as, as diverse as it is, mm -hmm. I still, I think there is that that kind of needle of like, oh, is that, the, is that doing that? Oh, and then also what's my relationship with conflict? You know, like, do I, right. do I, like, you know, do I, do I don't want to stir that boat. And then, but also then like, why am I worried about stirring the boat? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. so it's just like, kind of like a battle. Yeah. Purse, do you, do you ever feel like that when you, cause it is a consistent coming out process every single day when you're coming out to someone new, even in a subtle way, do you have that kind of, feeling of conflict internally? Sometimes. Um, I definitely feel like it's never, I don't know. It doesn't always feel like as seamless as maybe I hope. Like I was talking about like my dating life and m there were multiple like men in that group. And I could kind of see them looking at me because I kept saying her or she, mm. and they were looking at me like, what? And then one guy was like, Oh wait, so are you, are you like, uh, like lesbian <laughs> or <laughs> the pauses you're like top points top points it's, it's, like, so many pauses and I was like I'm like gay lesbian queer any of that and he's like oh cool cool I'm like <laughs> okay yeah you know and and I I, I want to assume too like you know that person means no ill harm it's just no interesting. Harm. Totally. like just <laughs> smoothness kind of goes out the window when they're that that says more about their uncomfortability or like or like fancied you and was just had to like process it and be like oh that's not an option oh because yeah it's just 
Well, when Trav, when you were talking about safety, I immediately thought about Persis's experience as a femme presenting queer girl and how if I pers let me know if you feel this way, but if I were if I put myself in your shoes, I wouldn't feel very safe around straight men. Like in in it, that kind of environment exactly like you just described, it's not the most safe and comfortable thing having Wait, to in my shoes or Persis shoes. In Persis's shoes. Okay, yeah, yeah. But so, what about what about you, Trav? Yeah. Like, are there any spaces where you like, or I don't know, I don't want to like segment people so black and white, but like, are there particular people or spaces where you're like, I don't feel totally safe and comfortable here? I mean, I'll, I'll say right off the bat, I I know that I am more quote unquote straight presenting, mm -hmm. and that comes with its own privileges that I am well aware of and and don't carry a sense of, of, of that burden of do feeling and kind of a sense of, 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 of harm or, or harassment that I know many queer people um, feel just leaving their house or walking down the street. Like I, I, so that makes, I see that privilege. What my work for myself is, is then to think, is to work on that it's all internalized homophobia, I think, because it's me trying to avoid a conflict. It's me trying to avoid, um, and the thing is there won't even be a conflict. So I, it's me still trying to avoid judgment, you know? And I, I think, mm -hmm. and it, it varies between crowd, you know, like, by no means, when I'm with my boyfriend, like I, 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 I don't ever feel unsafe holding his hand or, and again, that comes from a sense of privilege too, you know, like we're both right. um, quote unquote, straight presenting um, queer men who, uh, just kind of walk through the world, not, not burdened by that. And that, and that, and I will say it was interesting. I was in Marrakesh in Morocco last month and homosexuality is like illegal in, in Morocco. And oh, now Marrakesh is, is, is more of, of a, uh, way far more progressive city and, and has like, has a gay bar and, and, um, but I think that even when I looked that up and felt that, and I was like, oh, well, how are we going to, so is it, if we check in a hotel, if we ask to share a single bed and, and it was in that moment, I realized yeah. I was like, Trav, you don't, you don't have to like this kind of like uh, thinking of, of kind of like fear. I don't walk around with that every day. Like a lot of, a lot of queer people do. So. Right. That was kind of, that was a, a like a wake up call, but I, I just, I just, I noticed that I was like, oh, like this, I, I felt, I felt unsure of, of how I, you know, of how we, we would be perceived by like a general public, not just by one person, by like, you know, and, and, and it was yeah. fine, mm -hmm. but I, I definitely felt in that a bit to remind myself. So I don't even, I kind of forget what your question was, but no, I've never felt unsafe around a group of men. I think there's work for me to do because I feel uncomfortable about potential conflict. Mm -hmm. you know, and that in itself means I think I'm, I'm just need to have more conversations or just test the waters. You know what I mean? And yeah. but again, it's also your circle. Like, like I don't, yeah. I have many queer friends. Most of my friends are queer. Like, and yes, I have straight friends in the world, but I'm not out. You know, actually is a good example. I was back home in, and this kind of sums it up. And, and, and I was back home in Alberta I was there for three weeks and I hadn't been home for that long since I left since I was 18. Wow. And it was just timed it right. We went to the local bar and 
it's what you kind of expect like a country alberta look you know country music and just but everyone's got their like stick to copenhagen tin of tobacco and spitting and it's just like you know it's very <laughs> and yeah, all, all, all these boys all these boys that are now men that i knew in grade 12 are now like 28 29 and work on the rigs and are massive it's very hyper masculine you know and yeah right and and i hadn't seen boys that i had grew, grew up with and that was uh that was a test for me to be like no i'm actually i was in um over there with my boyfriend and i was uncomfortable in these moments and mm-hmm. i feel like if i was to be back there and spend more time around those those men because that's kind of like my baseline of what my view of masculinity was growing up if i was mm-hmm. to kind of go back there and experience more time with that and i think that would help me just face whatever kind of fear that is of of um of conflict with 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 other straight men i i will say yeah. too i think there is an internalized fear of of straight men in that i always feared i would like if I, when i was young if i outed myself we wouldn't get on and so I always kind of do feel like I, I, yeah. I, I maybe morph a little bit to make them feel comfortable. Got it. Right. And that's, well, and that's kind of quality that quality that I like in myself that I'm working on. But I think code switching is, is a huge, um, like, you know, roadblock that queer people go through. I mean, almost every queer person we talk to experiences some sort of like code switching, especially as they're growing up and they're figuring stuff I've out. I've never heard that code switching. Yeah. So code switching is like, kind of what you described like for you it might be when you're around a group of very masculine straight men you might act a little more quote-unquote straight to like avoid a conflict it happens a lot for like people of color I'm sure persons you've experienced this like you might act a little bit more quote-unquote white you know what I mean to like fit in with the crowd avoid a conflict so we wanted to talk to you about this because you're an actor so so much of what you do in your in your work is about like aesthetics and voice and like what you sound like and look like. And it's interesting because like you already said, you, you are like a cis presenting man. You definitely, people might assume right off the bat that you are straight. And so we kind of wanted to dig into that a little bit and um, talk about like what that experience is like for you being queer and presenting more cis and even the way you speak doesn't doesn't fall into like a queer stereotype and i'm using air quotes everyone because we all know the stereotype stereotypes like they don't exist but they do but they don't so for you did you ever feel any pressure just kind of like overarching to act or look a certain way because of your sexual identity like did you ever get to a point where you like should i be acting different because i'm gay you know what i mean yeah yes and it started with this kind of this frustration as being younger and not having much queer representation in front of me so my first and kind of main source of queer representation was sean hayes you know was um jack in in you know that was probably the that was the only thing that was on tv for me that yeah. was that was of a, of a queer of a queer person and will I, and grace for anyone who who doesn't know sean yeah hayes. will and grace yeah and if yeah, yeah. you don't don't know will and grace you're either 10 or you need to like you're like where have you been <laughs> no where have you been yeah been, y'all oh, the classic we do have some young listeners so guys no shame if you haven't heard of will and grace but but go take go watch because it's great and sean hayes is just like mm. sean hayes yeah and he's oh, he's a gem and and yeah so 
I remember feeling this resistance of like, oh, okay, so if I'm gay and that's what gay is, then I guess at some point I'm going to turn in, like I'm going to morph into this person that I don't, I don't relate to, that that's not, that's not me. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. And I remember feeling that I would go on trips, um, like at summertime and I would, I remember just seeing like, like oh there's an older gay man like he's his t-shirt's too tight and he's like and he's like by his twin and i'm like oh like oh, does that mean like oh god i remember this like, resistance of like i don't want to be that like i don't right. want to be that. And that I, feel I, like authentically you but you feel like that has to be you yeah because that's kind of what i only see gay men as in in these views and they're very limited views right. they're purely aesthetics and totally and, and one's a, a, a character you know like um Sean Hayes is camp, but he's, but that character is especially, you know, comedic and, and, um, so there was then acting and then how I was being perceived and the characters that I was going for and the characters that I wanted to play and, and all, and so you have both of those, you have the characters that I hope to play, which are these male kind of I don't know, action heroes, you know, I'm thinking when I'm young, kind of starting out like, oh, I would love to be that. And, but I don't know. Hell yeah. I haven't had any of those. I've never seen any of those to be gay. And so True. then you're going for certain roles that are all uh, straight men. Yeah. Did you find at the, be at the beginning of your career, were you mostly going for straight roles? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, 2008, 2000, you know, until like, until 2000, I don't think now, like, there wasn't many young queer roles out there. So it wasn't totally. as though either I had like, there was anything really to choose from. And, and at that age as a young male actor, you know, you're going for all the CW, all like the, yeah. all the young jock, jock, jock. And that's kind of where I, I fall into is that, you know, you're all American football player guy like that's mm -hmm. you and you, you you fight back against that you're like oh, i want to be something more than that but you kind of when it comes to the career side you just you know you hustle and you get what you get totally oh my god yeah you take what you can get and if it's cw hell yeah you're taking that you're not leaving that on the table exactly exactly and i got i was given this gift actually and i called it a gift because it was a queer character i had just come back from australia i was 22 and it was a short film and, and uh, it was based on the very personal story. No, I don't think it was the exact story, but it was, it was the husband, um, a couple. Um, and it was a young queer character who was contemplating suicide. And it was very avant-garde and he was sitting on a bench. It's called Whispers of Life and everyone wants to check it out. It's uh, yeah. I think, up, I think it ended up being used for promotional uh, purposes in like schools. And it was, so it was like a cautionary tale of a young man um, contemplating suicide. And this person, this other man comes and sits on this bench with him and comforts him. I don't remember fully how it was because it was long ago, but then there's this whimsical avant-garde and kind of these, he sees his family and they're all kind of trees and nature and, and, but it was all internalized. It was all this pain and this sorrow of this, of this young man feeling like he needed to end his life because of, his, of who he was. Mm. And they never asked my sexuality when I auditioned for it. 
but I feel like what got me the role was that I just, oh, I was like, I, I, I knew that internalized pain. I knew that. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I, I knew what, I knew what they wanted and I, and, I, and I was able to, to, to give it to them. And that was just a cool experience because I had such, I had long hair like down to my shoulders and I think they've now transitioned. Um, yeah. But that also was beautiful them. I remember they said the word queer and, and they were like, we're taking the word queer back. And this was like 2010 and I was like, oh, cause I, at that point, if you called me queer, I was offensive. Like it was kind of like, oh, you queer? That's what yeah. I was just going to say. I remember in 2010, like that was kind of an insult. Yeah. Totally. Someone was queer. Yeah. Right. Oh. And I remember them being very like just proud and they're like, no, no, that's ours. Like we're taking it back. Yeah. And to see that, you know, the impact that, 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 that has happened and it's so lovely. Um, so that was the yeah. one queer character I was able to play at 22. And yeah. And so Oh God, the question. I'll talk about, talk about voice. I think voice is so interesting too because Yeah, yeah. What is true. your take on that? So Persis gets this a lot. People will be like, you don't look gay. And it's just like as her friend for 10 years, I've I've heard it so many times, especially from like straight people. And have you first of all, have you ever experienced that? Like, do you experience that often? And like we try to unpack this a lot on the pod, but I think it's still like a little bit of like a up in the air kind of topic. Why are aesthetics and clothes and voice and hair, especially hair for uh, people who identify as a female, like so tied to the idea of queerness? Like why, how, why are those two things so linked? I mean, they're all forms of expression, right? I mean, they're all forms of, of not conforming to, of, of, to the norm. And mm. I mean, that's the, that's the best thing about fashion. That's the best thing about style is that you, can try try it on and see how it makes you feel and all these things make us feel certain ways and fashion is also a sense of rebellion a sense of of, of identity and this is who i am and right that's such a that's such a beautiful thing and i i just i'm just not very fashionable <laughs> i mean like i think <laughs> but i like no i just mean when it comes to my own personal experience like i did i do quite i'm like oh like am i I did just want to question like, what am, am I repressing? Am I not, um, am I not, why am I not visible? Why am I not like my friend Justin or, you know, or who's so, have you met Justin? Allie knows Justin. He's yeah. Justin. Yeah. Justin just going to give him a quick shout out because he, um, it, he does drag and his drag name is Pearl Harbor and she's incredible and she does shows all over Toronto so if you're in Toronto after you get your courage cookie courage courageous courage yeah <laughs> after you get your courage cookie go take it to a Pearl Harbor show because it's just incredible so to answer your question yes I've got I've had that I lost my train of thought so I'm back playing a little bit yes I've, I've had that ask like oh you don't you don't seem you don't look gay not so much anymore I that was I think people are a little more sensitive now to even kind of just saying that. And if it is, it's from someone younger or it happened when I was younger and might be more girls, you know, if I'm in, especially if I'm with my, with my friend who's, who's straight and we'll maybe be going out and then we're chatting, you know, I'm chatting, I'm all kind of wingmanning them up. And then it's just yeah. that, Oh, wait a minute. You don't seem gay. And it's just like, well, right. oh, I am. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and that, so those, but those don't happen often, you know, I, I, um, and again, I think a lot has to do with just people becoming more aware and more uh, aware of visibility. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, as an actor and as a queer man, do desire more and more to to express myself differently and to and to be more adventurous. And and a lot of that has to come down to my own courage. And 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 I, I just know that I'm I'm. I do feel safe, safe in a lot of the gray and the black that I wear. And that's not very exciting. And I, and, you know, and like, um, but that, but that no means I feel like I'm repressing my sexuality by not sharing it through my, my style. Does that make sense? Like, I, I don't feel, I don't feel like I'm missing out, but at the same time, I, I think it's so important and, and that we, we wouldn't have half the clothes and half the style and half and half the beautiful things out there. If queer people weren't expressing themselves through fashion. absolutely so so, you know i i i I do wish that i could contribute more to that in 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 it and 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 i hope you know if i'm at that stage in a career where you're kind of dressing up more i think that's also i don't dress up often so like true um, yeah when you're on the red carpet yeah i mean that's that's a that sounds like a very lovely like future hope not like that's even a goal but you know if that happens oh say put it out there it's happening i would love to (laughs) see you on one day we'll go to the oscars p and travel invite us and we'll see him on the red carpet perfect see you there we're in we're in um (laughs) and then camp it up and i and i i do i just i do desire to just like be a little more um experimental I i just i don't i don't have much of the opportunity not on the opportunity i can do it any day but you know what i'm saying it doesn't present themselves like yeah I'm rolling, you know or i'm i'm uh wearing clothes <laughs> for work on today like i, I don't cookie um, <laughs> yeah but i think like that's the whole point like and that's and that's why we wanted to talk to you about this it's like and that's incredible that you have that desire and that like whenever you do dress up maybe you'll camp it up a little bit but also like you do feel comfortable in your grays and your blacks. And just because you're a queer man does not mean you shouldn't feel comfortable in your grays and your blacks. Yeah, 100%. And, yeah. And just like, it's so interesting that the world might be surprised to um, meet you in your grays and your blacks and, you know, your like cis presenting voice or whatever and and find out you're queer. Like, we're just always so interested in like the assumptions that come along with queerness. Yeah, the assumptions that I think too, it's so individual to the person, but I, I tip my hat to anyone who who is who who is more visibly queer, who is like that takes courage to 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 say, fuck it, I'm wearing this, I'm doing that. This makes me feel good. And to the rest of you, it might seem loud. To me, I'm just feeling good today. And yeah. that that's just such a beautiful thing. I, I and my form of that just isn't fashion, you know. I, I think I do that through my art differently. Um, and hopefully through the roles I get to do or through my own projects that I direct or through my writing, but clothes ain't going anywhere. Like, you know, give me some money. And, and, <laughs> and I'll, I'll hopefully. It evolves. Like, it's so fun to see how like style mm. can evolve. That's it. It evolves. You know, like, let's go to the Met, like the Met Gala and, and I'll, we'll, 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 we'll show up. Oh my yeah. God. You need to roll some more cookie dough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yes. it. that's it. Yeah. Roll cookie dough and then. Or they can get into more Nordstroms and they can take us to. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's oh our God. way in. That's our way in. I can't wait to see you at the Met Gala one day. It's gonna be great. The pressure's on now. You'll 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 look back and be like, "That's what you wore. It looks black, and I think I see gray." And be like, <laughs> <laughs> Travis, quick question for you about this: Like, how do you think we can break these stereotypes that are surrounding queerness? 
like with how people look like, how they dress, how they sound? I mean, it's, it's stories. I, I feel like more, more, more stories, you know, I'm just exposure to people. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think there'll always be a stereotype. There'll always be some assumed image of the other that until that person meets that group, well, you know, like it, it just, it's, I think it's just what humans, how we, how we operate. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of the business that a big part of why I'm in this business is stories and more. And like, I, I'm so excited right now because I feel like queer stories are, are, are just amping up. Like we've had them, but like with Fire Island coming out and, and then bros and like the L word got a reboot and like, yeah. you know, um, there's just more, more, and it's only starting. So that's where I think we, we just, yeah, more expansive. And, and, and we are honored, like we're, we're exposed to so much content that hopefully it just kind of becomes, you know, seeps into the ether and becomes the, the norm. But yeah. I, I think it's unavoidable to, to fully eradicate stereotypes, but um, I do think stories, empathy and people, that's infectious and, and, it, and it's in, informative when you can tell more stories about everyone does that mean yeah does that kind of make sense yeah oh yeah that makes perfect sense and that's exactly what's happening with the lake yeah yeah it is yeah the the, the queer love story that i'm a part of isn't the main narrative but it is a through line of 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 the story um yeah. and that's it yeah so should, should i tell you what the lake is just like a segue into the tell lake? us about the please lake. tell us about the lake so guys just a little precursor Travis is on this brand new show called The Lake. You can watch it on Amazon Prime, right? That's it, Amazon Prime. It's it's Canada's first originally scripted um, Amazon series. No way, that's dope. Yeah, so it's just the first kind of Amazon and Netflix that will come here and kind of set up production studios. And this is this is Amazon's first originally scripted series. So cool. Tell us tell us about it and tell us about um your character Riley. Yeah. Okay. So The Lake is about uh, a young man, Justin, who's in his mid thirties, who's come back from time abroad, like 11 years, he was in Australia and he's back and he's spending the summer with his birth daughter that he gave up um, when he was 18 for adoption. And he's come back to his kind of what we would know as Muskoka, like the cottage kind of country around the lake. And he's reunited with all his old kind of pals that he grew up with, along with his stepsister played by Julia Stiles, who he finds out has been given the family uh, lake house. He's back. He's with his daughter. I mean, I, this is the air quotes daughter, but like biological daughter for the first time spending uh, a summer with her. And the, this season is a journey of him bonding with her while also scheming to get back the lake house, which he finds out is not legally, fully legally his stepsister. So then, Ooh. or sorry, it is his stepsister, sorry. Like it's the house, uh, the cottage is not legally fully hers. So he right. got an opportunity to win it back or to scheme it back. And drama. Yeah, drama. And so around the lake, you have, as you would, like small town lake characters, lake characters, small town characters. <laughs> like, lake monsters. People lake that emerge from the lake. Yeah. yeah. As <laughs> you do in Ontario, guys. For people who aren't in Ontario, Lake monsters are real. I really hope there's at least one scene in the series of Travis, like Baywatch, like coming out of the lake, you know, like hair flip. I can confirm there is not that. Okay. Okay. I might, I might not watch anymore, but okay. Never know if you never know in the future. Who knows? 
so yeah, so I I play one of the small town characters named Riley, who is the uh, local handyman who owns the ga- runs the gas station and falls quite quickly for Justin, mm-hmm. um, oh. played by the marvelous uh, Jordan Gavaris. Orphan Black fans, if you're a fan of Orphan Black, Jordan was on Orphan Black. Yes, amazing. He's amazing. Yes. Yeah, so that, that's Riley. We fall in, we, we kind of fall in love. And, and then, you know, we go through a bit of a rocky kind of season of his exploits into getting back the cottage kind of affect our relationship. And it, it, it was such a fun, Matt, it was such a fun project. So many talented Canadian actors in this. So much just shenanigans that go on. And, <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, and it's it's a lot of fun. And when it comes to our love story, you know, what was interesting was they'd written the first four episodes when I was cast, and when we all started working, they hadn't written the back half yet. And I don't think this is like I can I can say this. Me have like never spoken about a project on a podcast before. It gets like fired tomorrow. Um, it was uh, Riley was kind of a development over the season, and then, you know, and, and this mm-hmm. is how television works and, and kind of the creative process. But he wasn't initially as strong of a love interest for um, Justin. I, I believe there was a note from Amazon being like this, we like this relationship. So can you work on this relationship? And, and, oh, nice. and so then that kind of kept us coming back and, and Riley, you know, from what I was able to infer and kind of inject into the character. And I say that because some descriptors had changed like I he was a townie like he was a, a local and then then there was word that he maybe wasn't a local and so you know my job is to come in and, and take the information that I can and, and make it as full as possible and overall Justin is kind of this weird local who is very salt of the earth hasn't is, is very sexually positive but hasn't been around a lot of queer people you know okay. and, and mm-hmm. i'd say his kind of sexual experience is a lot of like what truckers coming through and you know interesting like, like, five grinder pings that are going off within a kilometer <laughs> radius um the same five <laughs> yeah and he's, he's naive but i think in that naive naivety he's just kind of so open to to like love and like oh my god like another handsome yeah. queer man like yeah I, another there is a handsome queer man. Like I wanted to oh, um, Travis? jump. Uh, you know you're handsome. Jump into that. Riley is described that way. Not St. Travis is, but Riley is described that way. Um, <laughs> Travis was cast to play yeah. the attractive man. So yeah, that's how we'll word it. That's we'll spin it. it. Okay. Um, yeah. So then, and then, you know, you have to wait and see if we end up together, if we don't or, or, or how it all plays out. Ooh, can I just ask, were you starstruck meeting Julia Stiles? Yeah. It totally was and she doesn't know it like I still haven't been able to like I didn't fully get to tell her I did tell her this one moment she kind of just looked at me and she was like oh so I I think like, I am like I actually am like a huge a huge fan because for me that was the first actor that I had worked with who had been in so many movies that were movies to me from like the Bourne Jason Bourne films to like yes. say the last dance my sister was a dancer so like and I this was young gay me being like, I like, I want to dance too, but like, I can't go in a dance. So like, I'll just like, you know, dance, watch like center stage and watch like say the last dance, you know? And, um, yeah. And then one movie in particular was Mona Lisa smile. 
And I, and I, I'd called into the local radio station in Calgary. And this is the only time that I've ever called in and won tickets to go see Mona Lisa smile. And I was like, have you guys seen the movie <laughs> Mona Lisa smile? I haven't yeah. actually seen it. I need to know. So it's great. It's great. It's like Julia Roberts vehicle. You have Maggie Gyllenhaal, you have uh, Kirsten Dunst. What a crew. Julia Power Stiles, Maggie Good, Goodall, another, another great actress. So it's just like female driven college students in like 19, like 50. And Julia Roberts is this art teacher who comes into like this like school to like disrupt the girls and tell them to think for themselves. As a young gay boy, I was like, yes, this is everything. And I, and I will preface by saying, I have always felt more connected to female characters than male characters. I think there was something about the, the oppression of being seen and the oppression of being heard that I've always been like, I am Nicole Kidman. I am Nicole Kidman. I am, <laughs> you mean like I am that, or like I am, you know, like I, I'm to Emma Thompson, girl, like yeah. you and me, like, I mean, so like there was always, <sighs> Winslet, Queen. we are meant to be friends. So like there was always, and Julie Stiles was one of those people. I was like, oh man, she and like wow. things I hate about you and, and like this, the, the sweetest thing. She was just always this kind of like slightly kind of badass girl who wasn't like the most like kind of typical, cause she was like, no, nah, I'm gonna do my own thing and I'm gonna yeah. be kind of forward and I'm gonna be that. So. Yeah, that's why I liked her. Yeah, exactly. Needless to say, I'm like, oh my God, it's Julie Stiles. So meeting her, I was like, be cool, be cool. And she was super lovely, very professional. But, you know, you spend all these, these hours kind of just sitting beside each other. And mm-hmm. there was lots of us. And I, I, I was just hoping, you know, I think I definitely projected them like, it's going to take one conversation and we're going to, I'm going to be in and we're going to be buddy, buddy. And it's going to be Besties. perfect. You know? yeah. yeah, that's it. It's locked in after that. That's it. <laughs> so, and then when she, and then when she left, it was, oh she, she got wrapped out and it was, um, and I was there on that day. And she went in to give me a hug <laughs> and I, and I, I went to, like, <gasps> I was like struck and she's like, um, she's like, it's great to meet you. And I was just like, yeah. And I, just, <laughs> I thought, yeah. And she looked at me and she's like, yeah. And I was like, yeah. And I just turned around and walked away. Listen, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have even got a word out. At least you got, yeah. Oh, and I, when I told her that I want tickets to go see Mona Lisa smile, she was like, oh, I'm sorry. And I was oh. like, no, I was like, <laughs> No, it no, was I like the my best mom, moment and, of my life. Yeah. <laughs> like I loved that moment. Okay, Trav, we have we have had you for longer than planned, and we're so grateful for you. But we did want to quickly ask, like, thank you for telling us all about Riley and about the lake, and we're all so excited. Anyone listening, you can go watch it on Amazon Prime right now. It's all there, binge worthy. Please, please watch. I mean, like grabbing. Please, please watch. Um, no, honestly, I think you guys will, and all your listeners will have. A hoot. It's a lot raunchier than the trailer lets on. It's it's a lot. It's not like don't let your ten year old uh, sibling watch. Like it's it's more like fourteen up. You know. Okay. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. We like a little raunch on this podcast, so that's good to hear. Perfect. Um, uh, but we did want to ask you, just like, and this might be a fluffy question, but we just had to ask, how does it feel to be playing like not only an L gay character on such a prominent platform, like? Amazon, but also to be playing a queer character who like aligns with how you present yourself, um, like in your most authentic way. Yeah, that's it, right? I think that's what I'm really excited about. And then I hope um, going forward that the material gets to kind of dive deeper into that is that there is kind of two 
two types of, of, of men. There's Justin and, and, and Riley and they're different, but they, but they have an attraction to each other and then they complement each other. I'm so grateful. I'm so happy because, you know, I, I've done my fair share of Lifetime Christmas movies and I've worked with some amazing actresses and I've had to look into their eyes and kiss them and wish them, you know, like, thanks for saving Christmas. But, <laughs> but, th- but to do it. That's exactly know. what every plot of those movies. I yes. love Hallmark Christmas movies. Like I'll be, I'll be the first to watch, but that is the plot of every single one. Like that is thank, the plot. thank you for saving Christmas. Totally. And, but this is special because well, for me, because I get to look into another man's eyes and I get to like evoke the same emotion and, and the same sincerity. And, and you know, our relationship in the show isn't one fought with, um, fought, is that not the right word? Isn't, is, isn't one about trauma. Like our traumas don't, I mean, now, yes, all trauma informs character. And if I want to get really heady and actually, I'm sure there's lots of traumas in our, in our, in our characters, but our relationship is a celebration of love. It, it isn't, we're not coming with a fear of, uh, of being exposed, you know, like it's not, um, I think a lot of, of queer stories in the past, rightfully so, and there's definitely room for those stories, but audiences don't have to anticipate a level of like fear that, oh, they're going to get hurt or they're going to, that they're Their secrecy. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the beauty of like when we're, we're, the shows out, out right now are like, like Heartstopper and like um, Love, Simon, like. Yeah. Heartstopper love- was amazing for that. It was just it's like amazing. a natural queer love story. Yeah. And it, oh, that one broke me. And, and our, our we're, we're, we're in the same vein. Like, you know, like these characters were, are identify as queer before we, you know, before you meet them, they are, are human. So they're on, they're on their own journey, but like they are themselves and they're, and, and they are attracted to each other and they're, and they hope to find love. So I feel very lucky and, and I hope to find, explore myself while exploring him, you know, yeah. and, and, and then you get paid for it. And then you get to like, kind of, again, tell story and, and kind of what we we're just speaking to before in, in, in exposing people to all, all the love out there. That's so nicely put. Yeah, let's just expose people to all the love. All yeah. the love and all the way it can look and all the way it can sound, y'all. Yeah. So I'm so excited. I that's perfect timing too. Yeah. So go stop what you're doing right now. Go to Amazon Prime. And click on the lake. Do it. I don't know if there's a, a bookmark there, but yeah. Sorry, Sarah. Go. Go do it. <laughs> Trav, how can people connect with you and keep up with you and all the things that are coming down the line? Yeah. Uh, Instagram is, is, I guess, is it. I, I'm always like, what's my handle? Um, <laughs> yeah. Your handle. I, I had to do the same thing. I was like, what's his handle? Yeah. I always forget. Yeah. It, hit me on Instagram. I'm not private. Let me know what you think of the show. My, it's, it's Travis underscore K dot N. Love so, it. Nice and easy. Take that. But um, guys, thank you so much for this. This was so fun. I hope I didn't ramble on too much. And I Not at all. would love to come back on your 237th episode. Marking that down. All right. Okay, 237th episode. You know where we'll be, guys. Um, also, I have a tattoo that says ramble. I don't know if you can see it, but I just love that word. And anytime someone's like, sorry for rambling, I'm like, never apologize. Rambling is the absolute best thing you can do. So just wanted to, to tell you that. And you gave so many details. Like, thank you for being so open. Yeah, thank you for being vulnerable and honest. Hey, my my pleasure. You guys made it really easy. And I'm I'm I you know, 
I feel every guest who gets to come on experiences the same from what I've listened to. So you guys, uh, you got a a dynamite little, not little, a dynamite (laughs) bond here going on. Yeah. Thank you. To meet you, and I hope I get to meet you in person. Talking, laughing, Ah. loving, breathing, fighting, fucking, crying, drinking, riding, winning, losing, cheating, kissing, thinking, dreaming. It's the way that we live. Guys, I'm singing it so wrong. But Sarah was probably shook with what I just said. That's the Elmer I'm speechless. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, I'm truly speechless at what just occurred in front of me. Were you like, what is she saying? I knew you were doing something. You're always up to something. Like, you're always up to some shenanigans. Always. You know, I was just waiting. I was just sitting here waiting. Well, the reason why I started singing that is because, guys, I'm so excited. The L Word Generation Q Season 3 is filming right now. It's in production. And it's been a long time coming. I think the last season dropped in 2019. And... It's just really, really good. And Sarah, I would reco you watch this if you haven't seen it at all. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I definitely want to watch it. I would love to hear what the listeners think because I loved the original L Word. I haven't finished all of it because it's it's a lot, but I think one day I'm just going to literally binge it till the very end. Bang it but out. Bang it out, yeah. You know, If you know what I mean. <clears throat> That's exactly what I'm going to do. But... Gen Q is a really good modern take on today's world. Like, I thought they did such a good job. It's just a bunch of lesbians living their best life in LA. And I always, like, want to be in that crew so bad because it's so funny. You should be in that crew. Oh, I, I already know who I'd be in love with. What's her name? Her name's Danny in the show. Oh, that's a very, like, name of someone you'd be in love with, you know? <laughs> Danny? Yeah, it it just sounds right. It sounds like someone you would wife up. And uh, my girl in the original L word is Carmen. Also a name that you would wife up. Do you know, Sarah, do you know the show Sex Life? I do. I've never watched it, though. The main actor in Sex Life, the woman, her name is Sarah Shahi. Sahi. I really think I'm saying that wrong. She's beautiful, but she plays Carmen in the L word. And I'm like, oh, okay. Is it because her name in real life is Sarah or? Uh, yeah, that makes you feel better. Oh, it oh. doesn't now. Oh, oh. well, <laughs> it's okay. Oh, baby, we'll talk about this later. Baby, let's, yeah, let's talk about it after. But I'm really excited. I think um, I'd love to hear what you guys think about like what's going to happen. I think people are saying that Tina and Bet are going to have like a bit of a reunion. Um, but <laughs> the person's name is Butt? bet oh like betty no bet just bet b-e-t-t-e oh okay that's cool that's a cool name (laughs) no that's actually a really cool name i just thought you said butt which would have been a cool name too we love butts here at girl and girl what's gonna be happening with Gigi and danny shane and tess also shout out to jacqueline toboni i really wanted to get them on the podcast um, I DM'd them, but they didn't answer me because. Oh, Jacqueline. Come on, man. But Jacqueline is in the show Easy that I also really liked. That's on Netflix. Amazing. Well, we'll get them on the pod one day. I know we will. 
Um, but yeah, I just wanted to shout that out and say I'm really excited. And I don't know. So it's in production and it's going to come out soon. Yeah, late 2022. Okay, great. Oh, so exciting. This is the article I found on Autostraddle. It says, Tina is having a nice time. And I was like, what does that mean? Who's Tina? So Tina plays Beth's ex-wife. Okay. And Tina was engaged to Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie O'Donnell's in the new Gen Q. Oh, I'm learning so much, as per usual on this podcast. Yes. But I need to remember... um, if if they if they broke off the engagement, I need to rewatch. I kind of forget. But Sarah, you would love it. There is drama. There is drama in the lesbian community. You know I love drama. But yeah, I just wanted to say this is another incredible show in terms of like really accurate, I think, queer representation. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how we just talked to Travis about like the various stereotypes and how he felt as like a queer man. Yeah. I do think the L word shows so many different types of queer people and there's a trans character as well Mm -hmm. so good on them we just need more shows like this and yeah I wish there was like many outwards yeah and it's exciting that a show like the news here is that it's greenlit and in production and the fact that queer shows are getting greenlit and are getting funding and are getting like proper casting not you know straight characters playing queer characters or straight cis people playing trans characters um it's really exciting and it's all progress man the lake l word mm-hmm. generation q generation q yeah i'm learning i'm learning baby you kind of remind me of one of the characters which one carmen no <laughs> you wish you je- you're jealous you're not carmen i'm jealous i'm not carmen yeah okay because i'm in love with carmen who, wait, who do I remind you of? She's the one who was married to Alice, or dating Alice, sorry. I'll send you a pic. Is she a big girl? She is. She is? Wait, did you say mean girl? Yeah. Oh, I thought you said main girl. Oh, no, she mean girl. Stephanie Allen. You kind of look like her right now. <laughs> Show me. You kinda, right now. You kind of look like her. I guarantee I don't. No, you do. <laughs> but only right now. Guys, Sarah looks like, no, as I'm looking at you, you kind of look like her. Can you show me? Yeah, I'm sending you a pic. But yeah, guys, stay tuned for the L word, probably dropping late 2022. Maybe we could do a little watch party. That would be really cute with the listeners. That'd be really fun. Yeah, let's do it. And Travis, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you so much and we're grateful for your time. And you are just just the sweetest. We're so excited for everyone to watch and love the lake. Yes. I can't wait to watch it. That's what, yeah. that's what I'm going to do. Well, by this point when the episode is aired, I've already seen it. So I'll be letting Travis know my thoughts. Yeah, we're going to sign off right now and watch it. Um, and we hope that all of you do too. Bye.